Hey, beautiful people. Thank (laughs) you for joining us today in this sacred space where we chat about holistic healing, spirituality, health journeys, and so much more. Today, I'm joined by a very old friend of mine, Erin Roan, who I met when I was about 10 years old. Erin is a freelance journalist who ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome after having chronic mycoplasma, and which then gave her Graves disease, arthritis, and Raynaud's. She is currently training as a bodybuilder and has had an incredible health journey, which we will dive into today. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Nice to be here. How's your day so far? Wonderful. Sunny day here in Brisbane, so I can't complain. (laughs) Awesome. So we'll get straight into it. Could you just share with the listeners a brief background story to your health, like where and how did it start? What were you sort of experiencing and what, you know, were some of the therapies that sort of helped you through that journey? Sure. So uh, a long time ago, probably about five or six years ago, I was really into running uh, long distances and doing triathlons and that type of thing. And I was pretty hectic with my training. Um, I was training kind of like 12 or 13 hours a week, and um, but I loved it. Uh, but I got walking pneumonia, which um, is called mycoplasma pneumoniae. Most people get that and can shake it off and, you know, no dramas. I, because of the training I was doing, um, my immune system was a little bit suppressed. I also have some immune issues, like autoimmune issues from way back. So um, that bug became chronic and then it started kind of lighting fires all over my body. So I started just getting really tired. Um, I was finding that I wasn't recovering from training as well. Um, and then it started affecting my thyroid. So I Mm. started, um, noticing that my, like my heartbeat was really elevated. I was getting really sweaty all the time. I was like struggling to sleep. Um, and I was thinking it, it feels a lot like at the time it felt a lot like, a, like an anxiety attack or something, but that's something that I've never really had. And it's not really, um, you know, not something that, you know, I wasn't anxious at the time. It just it was just responding in that way. Um, so you know, went to the doctor, they diagnosed me with Graves' disease um, and I got put on medication for that and that's what I thought would be the end of it. Um, But it wasn't and it kind of, the fatigue part of that improved a tiny bit but, um, you know, kind of kept getting worse. My joint pain kept getting worse. I was having really bad brain fog. I, you know, was struggling to get through the day. I'm, um, I'm a journalist by, by trade and I was struggling at that time. I was living overseas, struggling to kind of get through the day and, you know, I'd get home at the end of every day and just collapse. Um, and long story short, I found a doctor in Brisbane who uh, picked up that the mycoplasma could have become a chronic infection. He sent my blood off to get tested in Germany at a place called Armand Labs, which, which looks for kind of, I guess, sinister bugs that they can't pick up uh, on tests that we currently do here. Um, And they found that that mycoplasma bug had become chronic. So we started addressing that. And as soon as we started doing that, all of the issues that I had um, kind of got better. It took a long time. It was a mix of, we did cyclic antibiotics. um, We did cold water therapy and obviously diet uh, and meditation was a big part of it as well to kind of keep my brain space in the right kind of way. Cause that, 
at that stage I'd gotten, this was probably like two years ago or three years ago, I'd gotten to the stage where I had to quit work. I was off work for about eight months. Um, my partner at the time had to cut my food up for me. I couldn't get out of bed for any longer than like three hours at a time. Um, any kind of screen time was, I, you know, I couldn't look at a screen. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't remember my own name some days. Um, yeah. It was really mm-hmm. awful. I know you can relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really, really awful. Uh, and it was a bit of a war of attrition. It took a, took a long time, a couple of years of being really diligent with this stuff. And, um, and you know, I got back to where I am today. And luckily, I think actually I'm in a better place um, health-wise now than I have ever been, as you say, like I've I've started doing bodybuilding now and um and I'm really loving that. So it's been quite a roller coaster. But um yeah, like I say, uh a lot of a mix of therapies kind of got me back to where I am now. Yeah, absolutely. And um I mean overall, can you give us up give us a rough time period, sort of from when you, you know, you were talking about how you were quite athletic, but then you started to, you know, feel really off after a workout so when those first signs came in to sort of when you started to really get back to say your you know in inverted commas normal self yeah what, it was what time period do you think that was, it was over a, it was a long time as and I think it mm. started probably like 20 2012 2011 2012 around that time because uh, I was living in Sydney at the time and um, I was part of a CrossFit group there and I was running, I think I ran a half marathon on the Great Wall of China. Um, oh, my gosh. Things, I know, like crazy. Um, but then the thyroid stuff kind of came first, which generally happens when you have like a chronic bug from what I've told that t- tends to attack that first. So that happened around 2012. Um, and then I had a period after I got I got put on medication for that Um so obviously that improved a little bit, but the underlying cause of all of that was never addressed, which was this other bug. So yeah, um, I improved a little bit, but then also then fell back in a hole. Like, and so probably all up a good, a solid five years. Yes. Six right. years from when it started going downhill to when I, um, to when I kind of came out of it and where I am now. And I think, you know, as you could probably relate, you never, you can never say like, oh, I'm completely over that. I, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure, you know, lots of people who've had chronic fatigue or any fatiguing illness know that, you know, you still have to really look after yourself and some people's yes. bodies are just more prone to that. Um, and, you know, some people's bodies are less resilient than others for certain things. So I know myself that I just have to, you know, despite doing weightlifting now, um, I actually find the reduced cardio load for me is better for me if I was to go out and start running these massive long distances again I have no doubt that I would probably um get some of that fatigue back just because of the nature of how energy is made and stuff in my cells and and yes you know how I I don't kind of replenish that as easily as other people so it's just about kind of yeah like looking after yourself and knowing what your body can do and also looking out for the signs as well which I think when I was younger I wasn't as good at doing but yeah Yeah. all up probably mm. like six years, six or seven yeah. years, yeah. Which I feel like to a lot of people sounds like a long time, but I feel like when you look at the grand scheme of things and like you were saying how our bodies work and we probably, well, I know with me I got the signs much earlier, <laughs> but yeah. I ignored it because when you're young you're sort of like, well, I want to go and work full time and party or whatever your priorities are. 
Um, now I'm very similar to you. Like I know the science and I just know same thing. Like I love walking and yoga and stuff. But if I, yeah, if I just go overboard or, um, yeah, just try and do more cardio and things like that. So that's so interesting. And, yeah, we're just all different. So I think it's about, yeah, I mean, it forced me and I would say you too to really learn about myself and my body. And before that I wasn't interested and I was very disconnected. I trashed myself. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I yeah. really trashed, especially in my in my early like well even like my whole 20s that whole decade of my 20s really I'm 36 now and um and I think that whole decade I was so I'm a you know radio journalist so I was so committed to doing well in my career and you know a lot of that is shift work starting at 4am which like I, I do now again but um I would you know get up at three but then I wouldn't be going to bed until really late some days like Oh yeah. God, I just got, you know, and I wasn't looking after what I was eating. I've been celiac for, you know, my whole life, but um, didn't discover that until I was in my early 20s. But um, but I, a lot of the time, just ignored it because I, you know, thought I was invincible. And it's all these little things. Like, it's never one thing that you can pinpoint yeah. and say, like, that was my downfall. But for me, it was, you know, just that lifestyle of, like, going out, meeting people and, like, you know, burning the candle on both ends, which, interestingly, I think people that tend to get illnesses like what we have a lot of the time do tend to be A-type personalities or people that push themselves a lot of the time. Um, yes. You know, I found a, that too. It's yeah. a thread in this where we're quite high achievers even <laughs> – and it sounds funny, but people don't realise it could be a simple thing like um, it just could be a simple thing that most people do every day, like staying on top of housework or something. But when you have a high achiever program running, it's like it's not just like like if I compare me and my partner, he doesn't have that. So he's like like if he gets the housework done, it get, you know, just something yeah. simple like that and it's like always there and it's being very aware of it. And obviously sometimes it does serve us. Um and we can, yeah. you know, achieve goals and do all these things, but other times it can be it detrimental can be to health and things like that. But, yeah, exactly. I find that so interesting that a common thread like that is, um, you know, is in there. So, yeah. I, I that's, mean, like, that's why I'm sure you've found as well, like that's, for me it was so important to start meditating and that's something that I'd never done and I found really difficult and I, you know, always I didn't really see the point in it um, until I started so I got to the point where like I couldn't get out of bed and then I was like, oh, well, I have nothing else to do now. <laughs> yes, so, I'm the same. My yeah. friend was like, you know, meditation would help you and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, and then I was like, all right, I'll I got nothing it. to do. Yeah, and, you might, and it's quite surreal when, you know, I mean, I'm, yeah, you're just in bed and everyone else is, you know, at work or with their kids or whatever they're doing. And you're in bed like this whole time. So your mind has a lot of time to think yeah. and to, you know, up things and stuff. So it's 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 a, probably a really good situation to learn and practice the meditation. And um, I was probably like you, like I had a lot of resistance, but I did take practice. Yeah. Um, did I, take a lot of practice, but I'm so glad I did it because now I use it still every day. And some yeah, days in there, I'm like, I want to do this, and my mind's going, but you know, it's all chatty. But yeah, it's made a huge difference to my life, not just to overcome 
chronic illness, but even just like I'm a parent now and then I've realized how it affects like all these other areas, like your relationships and just how you are as a person. So it yeah, was much absolutely. more powerful than I ever in, uh, thought initially. And I think like I also found um, I did like a kind of combination of meditation and when I could get back up, I, I like you, I started doing yin yoga um, like a slower yeah. form of yoga, which um, and also the cold water um, therapy, which is essentially just jumping in like really cold waterfalls um, or having cold showers. But the common thread through all of that was that you had to focus on your breathing and you had to be okay with being uncomfortable in the moment. And I think um, that is a great resilience tool for anyone, not just, you, you know, as you say, got, that's, you know, dealing with a chronic illness, but just for life. It gave me great tools to deal with difficult situations and not panic about them or, you know, being able to feel uncomfortable is a great and be okay with that is really a great skill to have. And I think a lot of people, you know, these days we have like heaters, we have air conditioners, we have jumpers. We're we're so used to not feeling uncomfortable. And I think actually it's quite a useful thing to do because, um, because it teaches us resilience and it teaches us a lot of things about ourselves and also how to navigate difficult situations. So you know, in a weird kind of like backwards way, I'm really grateful that that this happened to me because I think if it didn't, mm. I probably would still be really unhealthy and I would still be burning the candle at both ends and I would, you know, still be in a really similar place to what I was back then. And I think now I'm much more measured and I'm so like I'm the happiest I've ever been and I'm the healthiest I've ever been uh, and in, in, and not just in like a health kind of way like mental health like everything relationships everything I'm I'm much 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 better now and you know so to that I'm I'm grateful even if it meant you know six years of hell and like awful pain and all of that you know I I can look back at it now and say like it served me and that's that's a great thing I'm and I'm exactly the same so grateful um as well it just I wasn't listening to the signs. So the universe was like, all right, I'm going to force you. And yeah, like, and just, I mean, I remember sort of as well, like spending so much time on my own bedridden and housebound, even when you can get out, you're moving around. Mm. And this is going to sound a bit funny probably, but I remember having these intense feelings of happiness and I had never, ever felt a happiness or like an elation like that before. And, Mm. you know, there was alcohol or drugs involved this was very it was very genuine and pure and it was just like part of the journey like I would just and it would often be a small thing like I cooked myself a meal um things like that like and I would just have the and I was like I've never felt this before so it's really and what you were saying about feeling uncomfortable that's important too and that Mm. takes practice as well because like you said, we're so used, we live such abundant, comfortable lifestyles and we also have all these distractions. So if something mm. does get triggered where we're like, oh, this feels uncomfortable, <laughs> we'll just go on social media, turn on the TV, whatever we do, you know, go to the yeah. kitchen, these things and same, I would highly recommend to anybody, it doesn't matter if you've had an illness or not, but just, yeah, that awareness around firstly how you may be distracting yourself from the discomforts and then trying to be okay with, yeah, just like sitting with them and, yeah, being uncomfortable. Like the cold shower might be a great exercise. I do that now too. Mm. Um, yeah, and, I mean, you've already touched on this a little, but just to clarify, can you sort of compare and describe where you started and where you're at now, just in a little summarised version, if you can compare the two? Yeah, sure. So I guess 
I guess at the pit of my <laughs> illness, I was in, I was off work. I was in bed for pretty much like 27 hours of the bloody day. Um, so probably, yeah. probably like realistically, probably in bed for like about 20 hours a day. Um, and yeah, I could get up, I yeah, mm. I could get up for a couple of hours, but never more than two or three hours at a time. I couldn't, um, cut food. I couldn't, um, I couldn't look after myself essentially. Uh, and then now I am, as you say, an amateur bodybuilder. I train six days a week. Um, I am the fittest, leanest, uh, happiest I've ever been. Um, I've met the love of my life since I went through all of this. Um, and, you know, even career-wise, I'm, you know, reading national news for the whole country across the Triple M and HIT network. So, you know, kicking goals everywhere really. And, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. So that's good. <laughs> oh, I love that. And like you were saying, you know, you, you probably feel like you possibly wouldn't even be here with the love of your life and this career if this didn't happen to you, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I like it's, it sounds cliche to say, but it really was a blessing in yes. disguise. And I think I, um, you know, you have to learn from these things and I definitely have. It's definitely, even last night I was going for a walk and um, I, the moon was so big and beautiful last night. It was a big full moon last night. And um, I actually just stopped for a second when I was walking and just took a few moments to look at it and really appreciate it. And I think, it's just the little things like that that give you a little bit of magic in each day. That's the important thing. Yeah. You know, there's no – what's the point in rushing through life if you can't appreciate the little things? That's taught me to appreciate the little things. And that, it, and that has given me, like, a much greater sense of abundance than I've ever yes. had. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I can relate so much. Um, like you said, stopping and looking at the moon, like, I never, like, I never did that before, ever. No, I was neither. so just, like – a doer and an overachiever and having to do, trying to fit it. Like I felt like if I could, the more I could fit into my day, didn't matter what it was, the better off I was. Yeah. So I would never look at the moon or just take, I don't think I sat down and took like two deep breaths, like for, I don't know, 10, 15, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Like, yeah. Um, it sounds silly, but same. And now like, yeah, I'll look at the moon or I'll put my feet in the earth and I'll just breathe like all of these things but they really are powerful and I would actually say that simple things like standing under the moon, whatever it is for you, I love the sun on my face. Like I'll just lay there yeah. and, again, I really just, you know, when you're in it and you just like you just soak it in as like a little, mm. um, it's just like a little moment that you're in and I never did that before and um, I feel like, yeah, there's all these golden nuggets in things like this and um, yeah, it's important to remember it's- but it can be challenging when you're in the thick of it. Because you just totally. want to say, ah. <laughs> and I think like you know, we're all on a deeper level. We're all connected to each other, and we're connected to the earth as well. And I think, you know, yeah. it's taking a taking a minute or two to remember that some days is good. Even like I have a thing where like I will go out and make an effort to smile at someone I see on the street or like say hello because I think yeah. that like transference of just like good vibes helps people too. You know, like. I always think there was this one day when I did this amazing meditation um, in yoga and we had to stare into each, like another person's eyes for like 15 minutes. And to start with, it was so, it was a stranger essentially. Um, yeah, and to right. start with, it was so intimidating and like, you know, we were laughing, nervously laughing and like trying to look away. And the teacher was like, don't look away, just look at each other's eyes. And 
it was such a powerful thing that after 15 minutes, both of us felt like we knew each other. Um, yeah. This guy, Dan, oh. that I sat with, and we have stayed connected ever since because we felt like we kind of connected on such a deep level there. And as I walked away from that class, the, the kind of positive energy that was like coming out of me must have just been palpable because like every person I walked past on the street was like, oh, hello, hello. And yes. I remember thinking like that's such a powerful thing to do and it's such an easy thing to do, you know. We, we kind of, in big cities especially, we get stuck in that thing of like put your head down and just keep walking on and don't look at people. And I think, you know, be the person who is different. Be the person who says hello and, and gives someone a bit of a boost that day. You never know what they're going through is what I always think. Yes, absolutely. And it's so um, interesting when you, uh, if you can, like do a meditation or an exercise like that, You know, like you said, 15 minutes, and you can change your internal state. So at the beginning, you know, you're like, oh, this is a bit silly, you're laughing. And then you do this little thing where you're basically connecting back to your truth, I feel, um, mm. and that sound a bit woo-woo for some people but I'm just there now where I know what that is and then as you go out into the day like the things that you see and feel and hear and sort of pull into your little energetic field are different like you were saying people were like smiling and reacting to you different because you had gone inside and shifted that Mm. internal self and I, I just find that so interesting and it's also powerful so instead of like being like oh my boss did this and my partner did this and my kids did this like you're giving away your power yeah and you can shift things but I'm just be conscious of also the suppression and repression of emotions as well Um, we do need to make sure if something does trigger you know some guilt or some shame that we do sort of process that as well Mm. it's okay Um, just to sit in those feelings as well you know I think a lot of people try and hide them or think they're bad but you know, that's, what, yes. that's another great lesson from this whole experience that it's okay to just sit in that and feel, if you feel like anxious that day or if you feel angry or whatever, just sit and feel it. Yeah. And then, and yeah, it is okay. And you don't need to use, I was like you, the screens. I just, I had to stop watching TV, turn off the computer, yeah. like, force me to sit with my anger. And yeah, some days you just, you're so angry. You are so, you feel so angry that you are sick or you feel so angry that. You know, you've been to the doctor a gazillion times and <laughs> yeah, you know, a new prescription kind of thing. But um, back to when, like, when you were touching on sort of um, some of the a mix of sort of holistic and um, mainstream therapies. Like, did what stood out for you personally as the most effective when you were sort of healing or um, moving through the chronic health issues? Um, for me, it was it was a bit of a trifecta. It was a, a combination of, um, like I said, I was celiac, so I stuck to the gluten-free, dairy-free uh, thing. I also was grain-free because I found like at that time um, grains for some reason just seemed to inflame my joints and I just felt crap when I ate them. So I was gluten-free, dairy-free, grain-free. I... Um, I did cold thermogenesis like you say the cold water swimming and I also got put on um a drug called low dose naltrexone which I don't know if you've heard of but a lot of people oh yes I had had that too for a short period yeah yeah. I'm still on that actually um I got put on that it's essentially for people that don't know um it's at its normal dose it's given to people you know like heroin addicts or things like that to stop the the uh receptors in their brain so they can't get high it kind of blocks them at smaller doses like micro doses um, which is what they give people with autoimmune disease 
it blocks them temporarily for like a couple of hours uh, and then that kind of boosts your own immune system uh, or triggers your own immune system into kind of boosting itself. Um, and they have done, you know, there's heaps of research out there, a lot of studies that have been done on this and um, it's becoming a lot more mainstream now. There's a lot more doctors that are willing to prescribe it. But people that have, you know, a whole array of autoimmune diseases can use it and get great results. People that have MS find that it reduces their chances of relapse. Um, I've been on it for a couple of years um, and I have kind of just accepted that I'll probably be on it maybe forever if, if, if that's what it takes for me, um, for my immune system to get back to where it needs to be um, and if that's what it takes for me to have the quality of life that I have now, um, you know, in combination with the other things I mentioned before, then um, I'm okay with that. So for me it was this microdose of this LDN um, diet and um, and then like the cold water swimming, which is in combination, you do like breath work and it's kind of meditative as well. So I would say like those three yeah. things um, for me is is what really helped, what really got me yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing that. And I find this really interesting. I know you mentioned meditation, but how did you manage your mental state, your mindset through chronic illness, but also now like as a bodybuilder? I've, yeah, like how do you manage the days when your mind might, well, I don't know what your mind says, but I know <laughs> with me there are days where there's a lot of doubt in there or a lot of distrust and, and that is something I have strengthened and learned to, um, you know, overcome as well. But, yeah, I'd just be interested in, yeah, what you were doing mentally in that really ill state and especially now also in the bodybuilding um the yeah. bodybuilding journey yeah I think um when I was really sick I'm a really positive person by nature um anyway but um I found when I was really sick it does really grind you down and I think chronic pain is very um <laughs> chronic pain I think is the great leveler it really, it really just brings everyone back down to the same level. Um, and I found during that time, I would have to take just the smallest, smallest things to be grateful for. Um, yeah. Because there were days that I felt really frustrated. There were days that I was really scared that I would never get better. Um, yeah. So, I, and all I had at that time was my thoughts. And I thought to myself, if I can just focus on like imagining my body fighting this bug, like imagining my body getting rid of it, uh, trying to focus on little things every day that I could do um, that that would get me through. And there was actually a Sylvia Plath um, book, The Bell Jar. There's a, a line in it where one of the characters is at the funeral for another character and um, she says, I listen to the humble brag of my heart and it says, I am, I am, I am. And mm. I actually got that I got I am tattooed on my arm in Morse code because oh, did you? yeah because um it's a reminder that you know just being alive just waking up in the morning for me that is a gift and yes, as hard as absolutely. it is yeah as hard as it is on that day um just being here is a gift and you know it's a, a, a gift that a lot of people don't get the chance to have so I had to just remind myself daily that that's just being a, just being here was a, was good enough, uh, yeah. and then tomorrow will be better. You know, hope floats, as they say, and that's what I kind of hung on to. Now, um, it taught me a lot of resilience, obviously, as well. And I think now, um, 
with the bodybuilding and stuff, I mean, I think people think I'm a bit insane now, but I, so I train like, I do weights probably like six, five or six times a week. And then I also do a little bit of cardio, but it's mainly walking. Um, but I am just so grateful <laughs> that I can, that yeah. yeah, it's such a joy to me. Like I, like I'm even just getting a bit emotional now, but like to be able to do that now and to go and lift weights and then walk 12,000 steps a day and then still have energy and time to do other stuff like work or catch up with friends or, you know, what hang out with my boyfriend or whatever um, yeah. is like an amazing yeah. thing. So That's for me, mm. yeah. Because for me, of where you came from, because of that challenging, yeah, it's such, yeah. I, it and just that, gives you a different perspective, I think, in it. Yeah. So like for me, you know, I still have hard days. Don't get me wrong, everyone does. Like I yeah. – I, uh, you know, I lost it the other day when I moved house because I was <laughs> yeah. overwhelmed. But, but, um, but on the whole, I think like it's it, it, that perspective of being like, you know, I'm not in pain today. I, you know, I could I can be out of bed for longer than three hours today. I can, you know, go yeah. to the gym and lift weights today, and you know, and work towards something that's really amazing that I've never done before. So that for me is. You know, I am 100% one of those annoying positive people. But like I say, it's because of the perspective that I got from this illness. And I don't wish it on yeah. anyone, but at the same time, like what a wonderful gift it was for me. Yeah. And I, yeah, can relate absolutely. And I was even going to say this sounds a bit funny, but one of my favourite things from the illness was how grateful I became for the smallest things. Yeah. Um, even... The other day I was reading a testimonial testimonial from a dad who had, I think he had two or three girls, but he had had fibromyalgia and I think it was chronic fatigue as well. I can't quite remember, but I cried when I read it because he had been taking, they were trialing, uh, it's like a mushroom juice and they were trialing this mushroom juice and he went in the trial and after four weeks, he was able to drop his girls off at school and pick them up. And I burst into tears because mm. same, I feeling emotional now because, you know, um, even like, it, I was unwell and then I started to recover and then I had my son, but I know what it's like to be a parent and just not be able to take your kids to school and pick them up. I mean, my son was in daycare, so it was different. He was younger. Or, you know, mm. just take them to the park. And, just be, and then yeah. you, when you can do it, yeah. And, um, I mean, my mindset will sometimes change and some days you're like, oh, you know, you feel like you don't want to do the drop-offs or the pickups or whatever it is. But, yeah, I just rem- like I'm also so grateful for it at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most well actually I don't know any other parents who um had had that experience so most of them um you know they complain about a lot of this stuff and yeah it's just a really different perspective and I just can't believe that how much gratitude I can have still to this day for yeah the tiniest things even just sometimes my son himself just talking or hearing his little feet run around or or another person or a family member whatever it is or nature it's um it's a really, like I said before, I feel like things like this can sort of bring you really back to like your truth. And again, I was very disconnected from that. And mm. it's such a gift to, yeah, to have do and to you, learn. Do you find yeah. that now you have a a shorter kind of like a shorter, um, I guess, attention span for people who are really negative? Because I, yes, absolutely. I yeah, <laughs> I'm like I, out of my way. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, like I like look, negativity has a place, and I think you know, I'm not saying ignore it because it happens to everyone and that's normal. But 
people who are constantly negative, um, I've found that I've I've moved on from them in my life, or I, you know, I have very yeah. limited space for that in my life because I think a lot of people don't realize that that stuff bleeds into you. You are kind of yeah. the average of the five people around you, uh, and that, yeah. that really matters. Who you surround yourself with really matters, and I think people that can't see or people that take for granted what they have, I find difficult to be around now. Yeah. I can, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely relate. Same thing. And I just think, and, you know, they can get, and probably, I was probably there, you know, I feel like I probably yes, was heaps more negative than I needed to be before this health crisis happened. And, yeah, and you kind of get stuck in it and it becomes, they think it's just normal. And, and uh, you've probably read about this too, but we get addicted to those chemicals of stress or drama or whatever mm. it is. And even though it's kind of like a drug addict, most drug addicts hate the drug, but they're so addicted to it. You know, it's a chemical addiction. Yeah. And we do our thoughts and our attitudes. So something like, you know, if you're very, you know, just dramatizing everything or negative like that. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. Mm. So what were, um, what would you say were your greatest challenges on this health journey? I would say keeping that mindset keeping that mindset like focused on like getting better yes, instead of yeah. instead of getting caught up in there like I feel so terrible I feel so terrible and why is this happening to me which yeah you know like is very easy to do when you can, when you can't cut up your own food and you can't walk more than like five steps there was one day in particular I remember I had an iron transfusion um and the for some reason the I like the iron transfusion seemed to just spark this flare in my body and I have never been so sick or so in so much pain and I just was in tears and I remember saying to my partner at the time like please kill me like this yeah. is, I just want this to be over if this is what it's yeah. going to be like forever I would rather be dead and uh and it's days like that that I think it was difficult to you know, difficult then to be like, all right, well, I guess I better like make my gluten-free, dairy-free, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> difficult to like stick to it when all you want to do is just like eat a pizza or you want to, yeah. you know, just do, you do just, something else. Like you want, when the pain, whether it's mental, emotional or physical, when the pain is at that level, um, it's quite surreal so it's like you just want, like you said, like the pizza or some chocolate because you, you know, some kind of while you eat it, yeah, you will feel a little better and it will distract you from the pain. And that's not really a bad thing, but, um, but yeah. Just, yeah, I think, you know, you choose your poison in a way, you know. For me, and I, for me, I kind of had to keep reminding myself, like, there's a reason that you're eating these things and something, you know, if if there's anyone, you know, in a similar situation, I found that, taking like progress notes and like photos and things like that really helped me to see how far I'd come from where I'd been. Because I think yeah. you know, when you're going through it, you, you, it's the same as a fitness journey, really. Like when you're going through it, you sometimes can't see that. But for yeah. me, like looking back and reading, okay, like, you know, a month ago or two months ago, I couldn't do this and now I can. And it really is yeah. the, the journey to wellness is not, it's not, not a linear thing. You know, it, you, you go back and forward and back and forward and it's, and it's not, just this straight path from sickness to health, you know, it's yeah. very up and down. So I think like the biggest challenge for me probably was keeping that mental, that mental focus on this is what I have to do to get better. Especially when, you know, you, you've got your family and your friends who are like, Oh, just, you know, life's so shit at the moment. Just have the, 
muffin. Just have the yeah, everybody pizza, just have- <laughs> just you know have a yeah. drink or whatever, and you have to really be strong and say like, no, it's actually, it's actually not going to help me. Um, so yeah, that would be the biggest challenge keeping that that positivity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually kept all my journals and stuff. I've got just this box. Um, and my son, for some reason, he'll always go in there and he'll pull them out just to play with them or he'll do some drawing in there. But it, uh, like I wouldn't have really thought of going back to it, but it reminds me and he'll bring it to me to show me something he's drawn and then I'll read a bit and I'll be like, whoa. Like mm. it's just like saying that reflection is powerful. And whenever I have that reflection, it's quite a powerful realisation for whatever I may be challenged with now. Yeah. Um, whether it's a health thing or a parenting thing or whatever, but I just think, well, like that day, I just, I couldn't do anything and or whatever it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, writing it down, if that works for you. I mean, you can also, um, cause I know some days I could barely put a pen to paper. Mm. So, you know, you could record it. Um, if you have a partner or you're with your family, you could take photos, things like that. Um, yeah. I used to post so a bit to, Instagram, like even not like I'd post my food there because for me that was a highlight of my day. Like that, yeah. I, <laughs> that I could I like make a food post though. <laughs> I still do, yeah. <laughs> that I, I still do that. I still post. Um, but yeah, that was the highlight of my day, knowing that like I could, if that was the one thing I could achieve that day, whether it was like yeah. making porridge or whatever, then that was an achievement. And I, you know, I would post about that. And you know, online there was, there's obviously like negatives and positives but I found some great communities online that were really supportive um and helpful you know for the days that you do feel really crap there is obviously the risk that you can like fall into that kind of rabbit hole of like you know the internet and you don't want to surround yourself with sickness and stuff all the time either you want to make sure that that doesn't become your whole identity but um in saying that I did find that you know the days I was feeling particularly crap you know, there were those groups out there on Facebook or Instagram or wherever that you can connect with people who are having exactly the same issues as you are and that makes it feel a little bit less difficult. Yes, absolutely. I Same thing. I was very conscious of, I was like, oh, I don't want more sick energy in my yeah, field. Right. I want to go into the group. But then, yeah, I did and I'm just, um, yeah, just conscious of, yeah, because it's also just, even what you were saying with posting the food, it sort of normalizes things a little. Like I found, I felt so weird and isolated. So say like if I posted my food on Instagram, that's like a normal thing to do these days. So it's like, mm. oh, I wasn't so different. I yeah. wasn't really weird sort of life where I couldn't leave my, well, I could, you know, couldn't leave my house or whatever it was. Yeah. Or my like, you oh, know. A little better. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like identity because a healthy person could post their food right so it's like maybe it's like a balancing out or something but um yeah totally totally yeah so uh like today what what are like two or two to five things that you implement now on a daily basis sort of to nourish yourself so you mentioned you're doing the bodybuilding but just out of interest like what are your little um go-tos that you're using at the moment as a form of nourishment for your health so i I first of all I meditate most nights and when I say meditate um, sometimes I listen to a guided meditation sometimes I have actually this great app on my phone called atmosphere and it is just like sounds of nature (laughs) so it's like like a waterfall or rain or whatever Um, sometimes I put that 
I'll put that through my like noise cancelling headphones and listen to that as I fall asleep. Uh, and they also have like tones. You can put different tones through like different decibels and things like that um, that kind of put you in a weird trance. I love it. Um, it really helps my headspace. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a form of meditation, I guess. So I always make sure I do that like every day. Um, and the other things that I do now, um, as you say, because of the bodybuilding, um, I have to track my food and stuff every day. But for me, cooking and like creating food and meals and stuff, I get heaps of joy out of that because um, there was a time when I couldn't do that. So yeah. making really nourishing, like yummy food, I really yes. get a kick out of like and planning kind of my day making sure I hit all the nutrition goals that I have to hit um, actually really makes me happy. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah, like I say, because there was a, a time that I couldn't do that. So, um, and the other thing I do as well is I go for a walk every day, um, usually around like sunset time. Cause I finish, I work um, in radio. So I work from 4am till midday. So um, I usually, potter around in the day, do my workout or whatever. And then I save my walk for the evening, like kind of sunset time. So I can watch the sun go down and just really breathe in, breathe out and have a bit of an appreciation of the day. Um, yeah. And that helps me mentally as well. Just getting out and about as well. I think like you say, getting some sun and all of that, but they're the three kind of main things, the food, the, um, the meditation, and then the kind of getting out and connecting with nature. Yeah, absolutely. I love those three things too. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's different for everyone. So it's always interesting to hear what works and, and, you know, you can change it. Sometimes I find some things, I mean, I've kept meditation really consistent, but I did when I started, it also, um, woke me up hugely to how sort of unbalanced my mental state was, Mm. which I didn't realize. I thought it was just normal. It had been there for so long and I hadn't done anything about it. So keeping that, I kept that consistent, but I know other people do change, change it depending on like seasons or what they're doing, like your bodybuilding at the moment. So that's different say to what you were doing a year or two ago sort of thing. So Mm. the other thing I would say as well that I've just kind of realized, I, I found the time that I was ill, I also um, went back to like, I've always been a drawer and like, you know, creative. I went or a write, like writing or drawing or, you know, making earrings I do as well. But like, I kind of went back to that creative part of me and rediscovered that. And that's something that I still do now. I think it's really important for everyone to have some kind of creative outlet, even if it's like it doesn't mean you have to be amazing at drawing. It it could be anything. It could be like maybe yours is cooking. Maybe maybe it's something else. But I think mm. everyone has that little bit of creativeness in them that makes them uniquely them. Uh, and I think it's important that, you know, we do that as well. Something that's not just for work or just for survival or just for, Yes, you know, I agree. Type of stuff. And, yeah, I feel like what happens, especially if you look at children, like our creativity gets – like quite suppressed we sort of block it out because mm. we get into these really serious like um lifestyles of a, a work and then clean the house and then whatever it is mm. whatever your you know your structure is but yeah just and and it can feel a bit funny for a lot of people to be like all right I'm gonna start letting myself be creative just for the sake of it it's a it can be yeah. a bit of a head a head um 
challenge because your head goes, oh, but that's not logical because I don't, I don't have time or whatever. But, yeah, it's if you research it, there's a lot of research and science behind how creativity boosts our immune system and enhances our mood and things like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just doing it, like you said, as sort of a, um, one of my coaches used to say to me, I want you to do unproductive things every day because I was such a high achiever and so logical <laughs> and everything yeah. had to have an outcome. And I was mm. like, what? the hell does she mean yeah <laughs> and when I, really, I was like I'm productive like, I, it took me a while and I had to practice um and even now I, I will get back into that you know everything's having an outcome being a parent you feel like you always need to be doing things either for your home or your job or your kids and it's like oh hang on well it's going to help your kids if you you know you teach them things like this because they're growing up in this world too yeah um, so they yeah. probably get that really similar um structured conditioning so yeah exactly. well if I want him to be able to take time for himself so he's balanced and healthy then I need to do that too you know yeah 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 um so what do you feel like the future holds for you now like you're doing the bodybuilding at the moment do you feel like you're going to you know continue with that or you just open to whatever I think How do you feel? for the first time honestly for the first time in my life I was saying this to my boyfriend yesterday I am so at the age of 36, I'm, you know, the happiest, healthiest, so full of life and energy <laughs> that I have ever been in my life. And that is so exciting to me that I feel like uh, that at this point in time, I really could do anything. I yeah. I feel oh, like. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's such an exciting feeling. And I feel so kind of like grateful that I am in that position. I just bought a place actually as well. Um Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah, in Brisbane, yeah. Um, and I've moved into that place um, like a month or so ago and everything's just kind of falling into place. So in terms of the future, I feel really um, I feel really positive. I think I, like long-term goal, I want to write a book, um, whether it's about this journey or, or something else um, remains to be seen. But uh, I think that's the long-term goal, write a book, keep up the bodybuilding because it really nourishes me in a way that I just have never found with any other form of exercise. So, uh, and I've created a great little community around myself um, with that also. So I think, you know, that's important to have people around you that, um, that have similar interests or, you know, good influences on you, things like that. So, so yeah, Yeah. uh, I think, and in terms of like life as a whole, um, my boyfriend actually, interestingly, just, um, got into medicine at UQ next year. So he'll be in, in you know, five years, <laughs> will be a doctor. So we'll, oh, see wow. where that, yeah, we'll see where that takes us. But um, that's the plan. So, yeah, it's funny oh. how life works out, right? Yes. And that's so exciting. You just got your place and he's got into that. And I actually almost feel like when we think about the future, well, this, again, I only learned this from the illness too, but sort of being more open, not having, I mean, you can have your goals, but, you know, some people are really set on, you know, the husband and the three kids or whatever, for, as an example, like yeah. that's their family life and they really want that. But if you get too attached, it can almost yeah. be so just remembering, you know, for people that just to stay open because when you're open, like you can pull in things that you never would have thought of in your logical mind, whether it's a job that you never thought you could have ever had or um, worked in with your family or whatever it is, you know, so that openness. Yeah, and I think like for me I have, 
I've always just, I've always had kind of, you know, just faith that things will work out. Uh, and I think a really positive mindset. So as you say, like looking ahead, I am just kind of like open to whatever comes my way. Uh, <laughs> and I think, you know, like you say, you can have your goals and stuff, but I've often found some of the most exciting, interesting things that have happened have been things that I was not expecting. Um, yeah. And it, that's why yeah. it's important, yeah, not to be regimented in what you think you want. Sometimes the things that come your way, you know, you would never have – I would never have picked that I would move to Brisbane um, from Sydney. I would never have picked that I'd fall in love with a guy who lives in Toowoomba. But, you know, the universe has a funny way of, like, making you laugh at yourself and um, – it does doesn't it yeah and I think so that's for me I'm just like you know what whatever happens today that's cool yeah and I think that's yeah it's such a great state to be in and um I'm very similar like if I or if someone had told me I mean you know there's psychics and stuff and I've actually never been to one but if I went to someone she was like oh you know same age as you like by the age of 36 you're going to be living here with you know a three-year-old and a this partner and I would have been like oh I think that was really incorrect <laughs> you know yeah, I, yeah I wouldn't believe it either but even the way I feel now and things like that and things I do every day um I, yeah I, I don't think I would have believed it I think my logic yeah I would have just blocked it even so yeah just being open and just yeah and I think also a reminder with this whole conversation well for me anyway is like no matter what you're in now that feels really challenging or that voice in your head that might tell you it's too hard to get better or it's too hard to do this or that just remember like Erin couldn't get out of bed and now mm. she's like, building, like she's like working out every single day <laughs> and working and yeah. she's just bought a house, so you obviously, you know, you can look after your home. But that's, yeah. that's huge. Like even if it was, doesn't really matter the time frame, but like that's huge because once you're in that, it can be sort of easier to even stay stuck in it. Um, totally, totally. Only because we're creatures of habit, not because people are bad or wrong in any way, but we are creatures of habit. So it's just huge. And I, I mean, I also remember when I was bedridden and, I would listen to stories like this and I would think, well, like she, you know, she had this and now she's doing this. And yeah. I used to listen away and think, oh, I wonder if, if I could ever do that. You know, you don't have to force the belief in there to say, oh, I'm going to do it or whatever. But, you know, just opening up again, <clears throat> that yeah. part of your brain says, oh, what if I could do that, you know? It's just um, hope, you know, just yes. no matter what happens, there's always hope. Yeah, that's, that's the underlying kind of thing for me. There's always hope, no matter what happens, no matter your situation. There's always hope, and I think people, you know, not to compare myself to Nelson Mandela, but he, <laughs> that was a quote that he he said, you know, when he was like in prison and stuff like that. He used to say, like, "There's if you're alive, then you have hope," and um, yeah. like I say, it's not a comparison, but like I I sometimes having a chronic illness can feel like you're in your own kind of little prison. And for me, that was, that was what I took yeah. from it. I just was like, you know, every day just have a, have hope. If you don't have hope, you don't have anything. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, so just to finish off now, like, did you have any resources or words of advice, which you sort of just gave, but yeah, any other resources or advice that you would give um, just to listeners as a whole? Um, I would say, like I kind of touched on before, um, find find good communities online. Um, 
there's some, I mean, there's some dodgy ones, but there is some great ones. Um, if you're looking for diet advice and stuff, the walls protocol I found was really helpful to me, um, which essentially is gluten-free, dairy-free, grain-free, depending on which kind of level you go to. Um, I found that was a great place to start, uh, because, you know, there's heaps of people there that can help you out. Um, and I had a really great doctor at the time um, who posts a lot on Patreon. So um, he helped me a lot with a lot of his resources. There's heaps of, there's heaps of um, stuff online if, you, if you're looking at, you know, whether you want to look at like LDN, like I mentioned before, or Wim Hof I found was really great for cold thermogenesis. Um, yeah. He's the one that kind of started it all. He's got a big page and a big following. And, like, you don't necessarily need to, like, you know, sign up and pay money for this stuff. You can just follow online and, and do it in your own way, and that's what I did. Um, so, yeah, like I say, find the communities that are really good for you, um, but make sure you have a really good basis in kind of, like, that health and nutrition for yourself as well. Um, and then in terms of meditation, I, there's some really good podcasts that I listen to. One's called um, The Meditation. I think it's literally just called The Meditation App. Um, and there's another one called, I think, Nighttime Meditation. And then the, um, the app that I use every day now is called Atmosphere, which is really good uh, meditative tones and stuff um, that you can listen to as well. So I would say they're the kind of like the baseline things that I would go to um, to get started. And then from there you kind of grow and, you know, find yourself on different pages or whatever and you, you can kind of tailor your journey to suit yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just need to take the first step. So if that sounds overwhelming to anyone, just start with one thing and do as much as you can. And you will probably find it sort of has like um, a sort of – grow on effect where you'll then attract in sort of the next step or the next step and yeah, you know absolutely um, and you'll be like oh that's interesting or that totally resonates with me and then you'll like you know read that book or go see that person or whatever it is so um and also just like final bit of advice because as we say a lot of people that tend to get these things tend to be like those a type personalities just be gentle with yourself if if today yeah. you can do nothing that's okay yeah, absolutely. And um, again, one of my coaches used to always remind me, and I found this really difficult. She used to always say, accept where you are, like literally just say to yourself, this is where I am right now and this is just what is and I accept it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it is simple after you practice it. Um, but, I, yeah, it was a huge challenge for me um, because, yeah, again, if you do have that personality, you want to be over there. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, you want to be really, further ahead than you are. <laughs> it's really empowering. And just like when I fully accept where I'm at now, even today, it's like this huge weight lifts off my shoulders. And so you'll exactly. feel like a dynamic shift just to accept. Because, you know, like Erin was saying earlier, like every day we've got like, you know, like we're breathing and we're using this amazing technology. You know, I'm in my home right now and I'm totally safe and warm and I've got food and I've got water, you know. I can move and feel mm. my whole body like these simple things that most people don't even consciously um, appreciate or recognise on a daily basis um, are really powerful things. And as soon as one of those things isn't there, like imagine if oh, I live in Bathurst and it's now the middle of winter, so it's pretty cold here. Freezing. So if my heat yeah. was to break right now, like I'm pretty sure my ego would go, or, you know, anybody who lives here, like they'd be pretty good at complaining about it. 
Yet every computer mm. works, we often forget to just sort of say thank, thank you or appreciate it, you know, so mm. our legs and our arms. If tomorrow, why don't you break your leg? You're like, oh, and then, then you, you'll complain, whoever it is, you know, we're pretty good at complaining about it, but it's like remembering, okay, my body's good today, nothing's broken, everything's working pretty good and, you know, I'm just going to mm. appreciate that and recognise that. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. I loved chatting to you and, gosh, we've yeah. got some common threads in our journey. That was so interesting. So, um, yeah, so moving forward, if anyone has any questions, just reach out. You can reach out through the messages in the podcast or uh, my Instagram is at theworthywarrior with the underscores um, underneath and I'll put some of the things Erin mentioned just in um, – it links under the podcast and so anyone can check it out. But if there's any questions, please just reach out and then, yeah, we can go from there. And thank you so much, lovely. It was so good to talk to you and good luck on your bodybuilding journey. I can't wait to see, yeah, what you do next. And do you have the a final result? When's yes. that? Uh, 15 more weeks, end of October. So, end of October, okay. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah. How you go well, with thanks that. Thanks so much for having me. That's all right. This was great. I love, um, I just, I think, you know, there are all these people who are quite well known, like maybe they're writing books or they're famous or they're on the TV and they can be so inspiring, but I actually love sort of, dare I say, the everyday people who yeah. you know, really inspire you and, and you actually are one of those people for me. So I'm, yeah, oh, thank you so much well. for being here and just being a part of this because yeah I find this really satisfying and fulfilling and fun and I yeah hopefully it's just a really great resource for other people as well absolutely you're doing a great thing so thank you no worries all right lovely I will talk to you later thanks so much bye bye